Improve yourself on a daily basis and you will become an invaluable and high-performing member of your organization. Welcome to BA Blocks, the show for the motivated business analyst who's driven to sharpen their BA skills no matter where they are or what they're doing. Welcome to another episode of the show. My name is Imal Beriali, and today we're going to be talking about the Agile Software Development Philosophy. Now, the first five episodes of the show was based on a format where I was walking you through many of the different elements of your career strategy and helping you to understand how to structure your career. Starting this episode, I'm going to be changing the format of the show to make sure that the things that get discussed here are the things that are the most important to aspiring and practicing business analysts. And I'm going to be using our community discussions inside of the BA Blocks community as my compass for what subjects to discuss. And so if you're already a member, you know that we have a lot of discussions that happen on a daily and weekly basis inside of our community. Now, if you're not already a member yet, just know that you have the ability to influence what gets talked about on this show by joining our community and having discussions in our community about the subjects that are the most important to you. It is those subjects that are eventually going to be making it on the show here where I discuss them openly and in much more depth to all of the audience members that we have for this show. And with that out of the way, let's dive right into the subject matter for today's episode. Now, the Agile software development philosophy is surely something that you have heard about. What you may not have heard out in the industry is a critical look on whether Agile is the right fit for many different organizations that exist out there. And so there tends to be a lot of marketing hype around getting Agile implemented in many different types of organizations. And as a practitioner, I'm here to tell you that not every organization is a good fit for the pure Agile software development philosophy. Not too long ago, I did an interview with Dean Kulawira, who is a technical recruiter who is very, very interested in many of the issues surrounding the IT industry. And he had me on his LinkedIn Live interview show to talk about the business analysis profession and to talk about the agile software development philosophy. I'm going to play for you now a selection of the audio clips from that show where we discuss very important subjects starting from what exactly is a business analyst? What does a business analyst do? What exactly does agile really mean? And then we dive into some of the more complicated questions around why agile works well in some organizations and how come it does not work so well in other organizations. All right. And so with all of that said, make sure you have joined our community if you want to have some influence over the subjects that we discuss on this show. And let's listen to the audio of that interview. So as a good starting point, Imam, I mean, you know, just in case, you know, for those viewers who might be non-technical or not from the BA space, uh, can you kind of set the groundwork first and, and explain what what exactly business analysis is before we get into, uh, you know, the the other nuts and bolts of it? Yeah, in simplest terms, essentially what a business analyst does is in most medium to large size companies, business analysts are the people who help the organization enact some sort of a change. So, for example, if a company is interested in doing some process improvement because they want to save some money or because they're, the way that they're doing things is not taking full advantage of some of the new technology that exists, typically what they'll do is they'll have a business analyst that helps them figure out exactly what the problem might look like 
what a possible solution might look like, and then work with the other teams inside that company to help implement whatever solution that the company chooses. Right. So it, essentially what the business analyst does is there's a set of activities and deliverables that business analysts will take part in to, to carry all of that out. But essentially, as a business analyst, you're helping your company enact some sort of a change inside the organization. And the type of change can differ from company to company, project to project. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and also the other definition, if you can get into it, uh, Imal, is uh, what is Agile? Agile, I would say, is it's a software development philosophy. So uh, traditionally, the way that software has been built is using waterfall. So waterfall basically has an organization figure out exactly what the solution is going to look like right up front. So there's a big analysis effort right up front. And then they have their development teams build out the entire solution. And only when all of that is done is when the end customer actually sees it. Some mm -hmm. of those projects can take six months. I've been on projects that have been two, two and a half, three years long. So in a waterfall methodology, you would have the clients basically sitting there and waiting until the end of the project to get what they need. What Agile says is that you should strive to take that solution, whatever that solution is that you're delivering, try to break it up into smaller pieces and get it in front of the customer as quickly as possible to mm. mitigate some of the risks of doing waterfall. And the risks of doing waterfall typically is, is that uh, in waterfall projects, when you're completely out on your own and you're spending a lot of time building something that your client hasn't seen, you don't get any feedback. And so all Agile says is take your gigantic projects, split them down into smaller pieces, get them in front of the client as soon as possible so they can start to give you feedback so that when you're finished the project, you give the client something that they actually want as opposed to coming back to you and saying, this is completely off the mark. Okay. And so a lot of IT projects fail because of the fact that they don't have enough client input. And the purpose of the agile development philosophy is to get clients engaged and to get products out uh, a lot more uh, earlier in the process, I would say. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I guess kind of connecting connecting this with what you kind of you know started off with that that most you feel that most I, I think you said most organizations, right? That's right. That's uh, right. Most organizations are not fit for a true agile uh, methodology or, or or environment. Yeah. Uh, can you expand on that email? I know that's kind of a very broad question, but maybe you can get into kind of break break that down or whatnot for us. But uh, what did you mean by that, and and why is that the case? I want you to look at. The landscape of all companies really in two broad categories, okay? Mm -hmm. There are companies that are software companies that are very product-oriented. So Google, for example, is a gigantic software company, and they have a product called Gmail. It's an example I like to use, right? Yeah. That is one category of companies that you may end up in as a business analyst, okay? But that is the much smaller uh, group of companies that exist out there. So you'll have a Google you have uh, enterprise software providers like SAP, Oracle, Infor, right? right? The jobs, the business analyst jobs in those companies are the much, much I mean, I would say they're probably less than 5% of all the business analyst jobs out there. If you look at most business analyst roles that exist, don't exist inside software companies, right? They exist inside companies like large insurance companies, big banks, pick any industry, construction companies. Every company that needs to uh, implement some sort of a change inside its organization, and it's, it's either a medium or large-sized organization, needs business analysts. And those uh, non-software development companies have a completely different culture. They have a completely different type of environment. They're up against very different pressures than software companies are. A company like Google would not survive in the industry that they're in if they tried to do 
if they tried to build Gmail in a waterfall, uh, waterfall way. If you have a Gmail account, chances are that uh, you notice that they do incremental changes. So you'll log in one day and you see, oh, wait, the button looks a little bit different. There are a couple of extra features here. They're running purely agile to be able to do that because they're doing continual releases. Most organizations, non-software organizations that build software to use internally can't afford to operate that way. The overhead's mm. too big. There are a lot of different reasons we can get into. But what ends up happening with most companies that try to go agile is that they are sold on the idea of being quicker, being more agile. And when they try to implement it, they realize that they have so many constraints that prevent them from doing pure agile. And what they end up doing is they shift back into more of like a, a hybrid agile development philosophy, which basically takes some of the uh, more beneficial aspects of agile, but mm -hmm. they don't run a purely agile team. They don't do a, a lot of the stuff that agile asks for. And so for most business analysts who are trying to learn how to become a business analyst, I would say that try to ignore a lot of the industry hype that exists around, uh, you know, doing pure agile, understand the concepts, make sure that if you're in an interview, you can speak very intelligently to that development philosophy. But know that as soon as you get on the ground, even if you're the person you're interviewing with, the company you're interviewing with tells you that they're agile, once you step inside that company, you're going to see that they are very far off of the ideal that agile wants them to be at. And you're going to have to perform in an environment that's not purely agile. Okay, so that's essentially what I'm trying to say here. I'm not saying don't learn agile. I'm not saying don't invest any time into it. Just make sure you're investing the right amount of time so that you're prepared to deal with what's on the ground when you get there. Gotcha. Fantastic. I mean, so that was a pretty surprise. I mean, so what you're saying is uh, only 5% of the actual BA roles out there from what you're saying on ML is uh, like purely 100% agile. Uh, I would say, yeah, I would probably say even less. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, if you just uh, do a common sense calculation, you'll notice most companies that exist in the world are not software companies. They make mm -hmm. up a very tiny fraction of the companies that exist out there. Most companies are out there in industry. They're they're building buildings, they're building cars, they're they're doing all kinds of other things other than software, right? Those types of organizations have, like I said, they have uh, so many constraints organizationally that prevents them from being pure agile. In many of those organizations, their senior management it really kind of buys into it. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times where I've spoken to a senior manager who says, hey, look, we're a purely agile shop, so you need to be ready for that. When I step on the ground on site, I see that what the senior manager thinks is happening is completely different from the situation on the ground. And that is the norm in most organizations. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And, and I guess what you're saying makes, makes very, I mean, perfect sense, Amal. Like, as you said before, when you were speaking, when you were kind of defining agile, it, uh, agile comes from, uh, it, it is a software development philosophy. So for it to exist in its pure form uh, in a non-SaaS or non-software related organization, I mean, I, I guess that, that should be pretty, uh, I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? Exactly. Exactly right. That's exactly. And I'm glad you said that because most companies out there have a core competence, right? The core yeah. competence of an insurance company doesn't rest on the fact that they're a good software development team, right? Yeah. Their core competence is, hey, can I, uh, do I know actuarial science enough uh, well enough to build the right products to be able to compete with my competitors? That is their core competency. Core mm. competency of a software development company is build good software products. Software yeah. companies can't afford to do that in a waterfowl way. They have to do it in an agile way. Gotcha. So, so in these setups, uh, Imal, where you're saying that, you know, I guess the, there, there are these companies, they're taking bits and pieces from the, uh, from the agile mindset and the agile philosophy. 
I, I would assume that it is still effective because you know it is in use and stuff like that. But does it kind of does it make it less effective or like what are, what are the negatives or the positives of this this hybrid approach? Uh, it's it's very effective. So the one company where I've seen Agile done right uh, had actually it was a software company, but they hadn't even gone into doing Scrum or Kanban or any of the other methodologies that exist in Agile. Mm-hmm. They had built their own way of being agile because they understood the forces that that really are involved. But for more traditional companies, there are huge benefits in adopting some of the basic principles of agile as long as they do it in the right way. So for example, if an insurance company tries to do Scrum, Scrum will say normally you should do two-week development sprints, right? Yeah. And at the end of two weeks, you should release something to the customer. Most insurance companies that exist in the uh, in the world, it would take you two weeks to get something from your development environment into production. Forget about all the development effort that it takes. So you can see that in an example like that, a, a company simply just can't do Scrum the way that Scrum uh, prescribes it, right? What a company like that has to do is look at their own development cycles, right? So in a large, let's say you work for a, I won't name any insurance companies, but let's say you yeah. work for a large you know, company that does reinsurance. Right, they would right. look at themselves, if they have you know, five, 10,000 employees, they would say, our development life cycles can't afford to be two weeks. What we have to do is we have to do two month development cycles and try to release something at the two and a half month mark to mm-hmm. our end clients and then get our feedback, especially for larger initiatives. Now, many companies, many organizations out there do this. They say, look, we have this massive program that's going to take multiple years. We can't just afford to go away to do it. So let's release something to our end customers, let's say in the first four months, let's get something out to them. And then after that, every two to three months, we'll try to get more things out to them. Companies who try to adopt that agile principle tend to do very well because they mitigate a lot of the risks of waterfall without going purely agile. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, so from what you're saying, Amal, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still a good approach. Like, you know, there's this hybrid uh, kind of a uh, way of doing things, but I guess what you're saying is, Let's call it what it is. Like, yeah. let's not call it like, yeah, this is a pure agile environment. Uh, by yeah. the way, I'm, I'm all like, like any reason why companies would kind of market themselves as, you know, a pure agile shop when in fact they are more so hybrid. So in many medium to large size organizations, you got to understand that there's a gigantic disconnect between what management thinks is going on on the ground versus what's yeah. actually going on on the ground. And it's not, uh, there's no nefarious causes for that, right? This is okay. just the way large organizations function is that you'll have a senior director or you have a vice president of an organization who's been sold on the idea of going agile. They're being told uh, a lot of times, hey, we're doing agile as best as we possibly can, but them not understanding software development and not really understanding detailed operational level things that happen on the ground, they're going to believe that they are agile. So when I speak to a VP who says, hey, we're a purely agile shop here, that's, that's exactly how we function. I say, well, let me get on the ground and let's see what level of agile uh, you've implemented in your organization and we can work with whatever you have, right? Uh, so the disconnect really has to do with the fact that senior leadership, a lot of times in the uh, effort of trying to just simplify things and not really understanding all the details on the ground, will just think that they're agile, but the reality on the ground is something very different. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, fantastic. So we have some great questions here. Uh, you know, so I'll, I'll take some of the questions, folks, but feel free, any questions you have for Emil? Uh, put in the comments. Uh, so we got Rajesh. So Rajesh, thanks for tuning in. So Rajesh says, Imal, uh, could you also comment about hybrid approaches being used in some organizations 
I have personally have used waterfall agile approaches depending on the solution we're building. Uh, I guess you kind of touched on that already, uh, Imal, but anything you want to add to that uh, for Rajesh? Yeah, I think hybrid uh, hybrid agile is probably is the optimum way of doing things for most organizations. So adopt some of the agile principles and do them in a way that your organization is comfortable with. Trying to go purely agile is such a, a huge shift in across many different aspects of an organization that it just... If an organization really pushes hard and tries to go agile, regardless of what happens, they're going to end up in a in a much more chaotic situation than they were in before. And so agile implementation can go wrong. I would say that most organizations should strive for the uh, hybrid agile approach, because if they don't strive for it, they're going to end up there uh, in the long run anyways, because they're not a good fit for pure agile. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, we got a question here from David. Uh, David, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, so David says, if my team develops in-house software and in brackets, he put purchasing applications or internal surveys, et cetera, which methodology you suggest is better? I would say try to go agile if the following conditions are true. Okay. So your first condition is that your product has to have, uh, you have to have the ability to split your product up into smaller chunks meaning that your first release of whatever product you're building has to be useful to the business. And that's what in agile, in the agile world, they typically call that the minimum viable product or the MVP. So condition number one is, is can you build something useful to the business that is smaller than the full scope and you can release it to them and they can actually start using it while they're waiting for the rest of the product to be built. If that's possible, I think you are a good fit for the hybrid agile methodology. The second is, is does your team internally have the capability of doing releases? Because doing regular releases, there's a cost to doing a release, right? Releases aren't free. So every time somebody has to do a release at the end of a two-week sprint or a one-month sprint, development on a certain area stops. There are other people who have to get involved inside the company to actually push things from development to tests to production. There's a certain amount of testing. So there's cost to doing every single release. How many releases can you realistically afford to do as part of your project? So think that through a little bit. Culturally, can your developers, if you have developers who've been with you for 20 years and they've been on Waterfall Project, can they make enough of a mindset shift to be able to do regular releases and to deal with some of the pressures that Agile would have that they wouldn't see in Waterfall? So if you meet those three conditions, I would say that you'd be a good fit for a hybrid Agile approach. Anything else I would say is probably more of a waterfall and just try to manage the risks of, of doing waterfall. Fantastic, fantastic. So uh, David, I hope that helps and thanks for your question and thanks Amal for, for fielding that question. Uh, Rajesh says, thank you. So that in response to your uh, the advice you gave uh, before uh, Imal. So Imal, I mean, speaking of agile, like, and, and, and you, you mentioned something really interesting right now about senior developers who might have been you know very much used to a waterfall methodology. What are some of the key challenges you have faced? Like, I'm sure in your 15 years, you've, you've faced these projects where you're transitioning maybe into an agile mindset. What are some of the key challenges in, and how can the viewers who might be going through something similar as BAs themselves in getting people to move into an more of an agile, you know, even if it's a hybrid agile uh, kind of a, a mindset? So uh, just to be upfront here, most developers that I've worked with, most software architects that I work with would willingly do agile if it was done right. Okay. Mm -hmm. But because of the way that it gets implemented in most organizations, they are very averse to it. Because in many organizations, Agile is just code for 
really unorganized or a little bit chaotic. Okay. The single biggest challenge for most organizations is the fact that management has expectations of Agile that Agile just wasn't suited for. Uh, they've been sold on the idea that they can do a lot more work in a shorter period of time. That is a fundamental misunderstanding of what Agile was intended to do. And so the biggest problem that most software developers have isn't with doing Agile work. It's with the fact that the management of the organization will come to them and say, hey, look, I know that we said that this was a two and a half year project, but since we're going agile, we need to get this done in one and a half years. Mm -hmm. Completely wrong, completely wrong. And so that's why most developers give up because they don't really have the ability to explain to most people what agile is and what it should be. And so they right. tend to have a very negative view of it just because of the way that it gets implemented in most organizations. So I would say that management's misunderstanding of what agile can do for them is probably the single biggest problem. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay, amazing. And uh, we got a thank you from David. So uh, David said, thank you very much uh, for your explanation, Emil. Awesome. Uh, we got uh, some feedback here from Helen. Helen says, uh, good insights, uh, Emil. Uh, fantastic. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, so Emil, we have some aspiring, uh, and by the way, let me just give a quick shout out to some other uh, individuals that tuned in.